to the Big Finish sales event going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from, including the all-new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Welcome in to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from our first Midwest Bank studios in downtown dreary Chicago. Good morning, Brian. Sunnier in Tampa, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who's with us today? We uh, we have a new line mate. He's the one and only Nick Olchek. You see him on NBC Sports Chicago, part of the TV coverage, also uh, part of the radio broadcast as well. How you doing this morning, Nick? GB, Brian, really nice to be with you guys. Uh, I listen to this show every week. I listen to this station every day. It's a real thrill to be with you guys. Well, it's great to have you here, and it just happens to be on the heels of the Brandon Hagel trade yesterday. The trade deadline and the rebuild, it got real yesterday. And uh, look, if you if you go on social media or I did a podcast last night, and, and tons of uh, fans were were weighing in. And by and large, you know, they're not happy. They don't. They, they Brandon Hagel, as everyone likes to say, is the type of player you build around. And I get that. Nobody wanted to see Brandon Hagel leave. Kyle Davidson didn't want to see Brandon Hagel leave. Derek King didn't want to. Jonathan Taves, as we heard, didn't want to. Uh, Nobody did. But when you're so depleted in talent like this franchise is, you have to take a chip like that and try to turn it into multiple assets. So you get two first-round picks and two NHL players on entry-level deals early on in their careers, two former second-round picks. That's uh, something you got to do. I, I, I just, I, where do you stand on Nick? What did you think of the deal? Well, just because the trade's made, PB, it doesn't make it any easier. And I, I think it's a, it's a step in the direction of the rebuild that Kyle Davidson talked about. For him to not make any moves or trade anybody that Blackhawk fans love would be completely going against the vision of what he stands for and what he had, had acknowledged to the Blackhawk fan base. But look, a round of applause for Brandon Hagel and what he's been able to do in his career. I mean, for Blackhawk fans that might not know, 2016 – draft he's picked 159th by the buffalo sabers the sabers didn't sign him he went to free agency the hawks signed him up in 2018 he played 59 games in rockford that year nine goals in the national hockey league last year and then beat patrick kane to 20 goals this year and he leaves the hawks with 21 goals i mean that you talk about inspiring you talk about you know first round draft picks that work out guys that get picked in the really late rounds i mean i think this is a story that provides hope 
for guys later in the draft, players that don't get taken, you know, in or aren't even on the central scouting board. So look, it was it was a pretty big haul that the Hawks got back. Those first round draft picks are probably going to be a little bit later, considering the makeup of this Tampa Bay Lightning team. But you're getting back Taylor Radish, a guy who's got some size, six foot three, about two hundred pounds. Oh, by the way, played with Cat. And played with Strom uh, for the Erie Otters back in 16-17 where those guys put up some insane numbers. And Boris Kachuk, who I think Blackhawk fans are really going to learn to love and really enjoy this guy. Uh, just go type his name in on YouTube. He's got a couple of mic'd up segments. He's got high energy. He's a guy who's going to play in every situation. So, look, you turn Brandon Hagel into two players that are going to come in and step into your lineup now. And you get two draft picks as well. It was something that had to be done, but... What I will say, similar to what the Chicago Cubs went through last year, just because the Hawks have to make these moves to the rebuild doesn't make it easier. And look, it's a sad time, no doubt, but this is this is what you got to do if you got to go through a rebuild. Absolutely, you know, Nick. When you, when you look at a guy like Radish, twenty four, and Kachuk, twenty three, and and you know, you want to believe that the talent of Tampa kept them limited in what their opportunities were. That's not going to be the case here, and we'll find out. You know, as much as Hagel joked, you get two first, two two prospects and McDavid for. And he was right. Well, he I mean, he was McDavid, right. But yeah, you hope these guys. <laughs> you know, it might be a stretch to say these guys are prospects because they've been in the league three or four years. But here they will be, right? Maybe not with Tampa, but here they will be. The 20, 2023, 2024 first round picks. You know, Kyle Davidson could flip one of those and get more more picks or right. or another prospect. So. You, you have to get as many assets, assets as you can, and then you have to use those assets accordingly. Give us a call, 312-332-3776. What did you think of the Brandon Hagel trade? Did they get enough in return for him? What is the next item up for bids on the, uh, the Blackhawks' prices, right? Who is going to be moved next? 312-332-3776. You know, you talk about the two future first-round picks that the Blackhawks uh, picked up yesterday. That's 2023 and 2024. Both of those picks are top 10 protected. Uh, talking to a source today, the reason why they are going with 2023 and 24 and didn't target a 2022 pick is because Kyle Davidson is rebuilding the scouting department and the way they evaluate players. So their scouting department is going to be stronger next season, making those future picks more valuable to them. That's the perspective that they have given on this as far as why they were interested. If you're revamping the scouting department and the way you go about scouting, let get those processes in check get those people in place let them do that the following year and then try to reap the benefits down the road it's a great point and it's a smart plan as well and and look you know again on twitter people are saying don't send my invoice for season tickets next year there is disappointment and pb you said it you did you know it's it's majority or 50 50 split there are people looking at it more realistically and others looking at it solely with their heart that they didn't want to see a guy like this go. And, you know, you made a great point before the show up in the uh, in the bullpen when we're talking about Brandon Hagel is is a star here in Chicago and his effort will always be what it was. I mean, you'll, you always appreciate that. But, you know, I don't know where, what his ceiling is. As great as he was here. You know, you're you're hoping that the the first round picks in 2023 and 2024 can even be better than Brandon Hagel, who's a great story, yeah. but 
but you know, maybe you get a can't miss guy in one of those first round picks. L- look, Nick. Ultimately, if and I think it's it's fair when you're looking at a team and you're thinking about the big picture, where would said player fit into a championship lineup? If you're honest with yourself, in a championship lineup, Brandon Hagel is at best a third line winger or possibly a fourth line winger. And right. and, and, and he's yeah. not gonna shoot twenty two percent the rest of his career. I mean <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's yeah. going to come back. He's going to regress to the mean a little bit here, like anybody would. You you can't possibly uh, have a shooting percentage of twenty two percent. No, and I mean, look, it's been a special year for him. Uh, he's played with Patrick Kane a little bit. He's played with Jonathan Taves. He's played with guys that can help him produce. Look, it's 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 tough to see him go, but now it gives the Blackhawk fans an opportunity to watch somebody perhaps in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, and Brandon Hagel is a player whose style, whose effort, whose work really is going to stand out in the playoffs. He's the type of guy that if your team's not up for it, he's going to drag you into the fight. And it doesn't matter if he's scoring, if he's in on the forecheck, if he's if he's hitting guys and banging bodies, he's going to make a real impact on the game. So, look, here's an opportunity for him. Now, essentially, after his contract, uh, the one that he's on right now, Tampa pretty much has his rights and in, in, in his contract for five years. So with, with the restrictive free agency and, and the qualifying offer and so on and so forth. So, look, I mean, he, he could really have a nice future there at the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're totally right, PB, a third-line guy. Look, there's no reason why you can't put up some good numbers, 15 to 20 goals as a third-line guy, considering how highly skilled that Tampa Bay team is. So, again, it doesn't make it easier. Uh, it's going to be uh, emotional for Hawk fans watching this guy play in the Stanley Cup. But for him, an ability and, a, and an attempt to try and win the Cup, that's a pretty special thing for him. And it's going to be a different role for him. He's not yeah. going to be on Tampa Bay's number one power play unit like he was here in, in Chicago. He's not going to play uh, on the top line in all likelihood or a, a top six forward role. He's going to he'll play up and down, but I would assume for Cooper he's going to be a bottom six forward. So uh, we'll see what happens. Great kid. Nobody wanted to see him leave. But when you look what the Hawks got in return uh, and you're going through a rebuild and you have to get assets, that's the type of move you have to make, Brian, I think. Yeah, you have to make it. And look, you know, Jonathan Taves was um, told Mark Lazarus that uh, he's disappointed. He said, you know, reality definitely sunk in with that one. And look, he's he's been thriving uh, the last three or four games with Hagel on his line, and he's been rejuvenated to a little bit. but And he certainly, Jonathan Taves, is cut from the same cloth that Brandon Hagel is in terms of effort and, and coming out there and bringing it every day. Um, and he's what the, some of the Hawks fans, uh, you know, Taves said, if he's not a guy that you're going to build rebuild around, I don't know who is. And I don't know who is safe. So he's very, you know, he's frustrated and asked about his future. He said, well, see, I'll leave it at that. Well, I, I think there's probably a lot of players that are thinking about that just like Jonathan, and one of them would be Patrick Kane, and we'll we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. But, uh, look, they both hold no movement clauses. They both have one year left on their deal after this season. Uh, how important is it for them to finish their career uh, in the same city that they were drafted and, and won three Stanley Cups in? Do they want? Do they have the appetite for a rebuild? Uh, do they want to go somewhere else and try to to win in a hometown or somewhere north of the board? Whatever the case may be, Th- those are decisions that only those two can make. 
And I'm sure those are tough uh, conversations that the Hawks will have with those guys coming up this summer. It'll be interesting if Cal Davidson, you know, gave Taves and Kane a uh, heads up like he did at you know before his press conference about what he was going to say to to the media. Uh, how you know how transparent has he been with this move and let them know? Hey, I, you know, I, I told you there was a rebuild going on, and this is the first big move to be made. So after practice yesterday, you know, Brandon Hagel was gathering his stuff. They were making their way to Minnesota. They'll play the the Wild this afternoon at one o'clock. Well, the pregame show for you on NBC Sports Chicago at twelve thirty, and uh, they pulled him aside and said, "Hey, uh, you're, you're going to be traded. Can't tell you yet where." Uh, but uh, it's a good team, and so just hang on tight here, gather your stuff, but you're, you're going to be on the move. And that, that's how he found out uh, that he was traded to uh, Tampa yesterday afternoon. Nick, this really sends a message to the league and the fan base uh, about the seriousness of this rebuild. This isn't going to be rehab the kitchen and a little facelift to a couple of the bathrooms. This is... This is down to the studs and, you know, taking a piece that everybody agrees you could really build with and try to turn that into multiple assets. This rebuild uh, took on a different tone yesterday. Well, PB, I think you have to give credit to Kyle Davidson for doing exactly what you're talking about. He stuck to his word and he is going to continue to do so while trying to attain prospects, attain picks. And that's the one thing the Hawks don't have a whole heck of a lot of. So, I mean, look, like I said earlier, it it doesn't make it any easier. But the fact that Kyle Davidson had came out, he said, look, we need to tear things down. We're not going to put a time limit on this thing. We're going to build it up. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to draft guys, and we're going to attain prospects who have a certain compete level that maybe we haven't had in the past. We're going to go after a certain-looking player. Again, both of these guys, Kachuk and Radish, they've got some size. They're going to be guys that are going to be able to play up and down your lineup. And watching some of their highlights over the last uh, day or so, Radish, he's got a pretty good shot. He loves to go top glove. Uh, He's had 110 points in 159 games in the American Hockey League. Those are some pretty solid numbers. So, uh, And both these guys have captain experience in their past. Both guys at one point in their career have worn the A on their jersey. So you're, you're, you're getting guys, like I said, that are going to be able to step in your lineup right away and hopefully can turn themselves into a Brandon Hagel type of player who can move up and down the lineup and contribute offensively. What is the next domino to fall for the Blackhawks? Your thoughts on Brandon Hagel's trade to Tampa? 312-332-3776. It's a Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's The Hockey Show on ESPN1000 with Brian Handley, Nick Olchek, I am Pat Boyle. NHL trade deadline is Monday at 2 p.m. Blackhawks rebuild got real yesterday. Brandon Hagel dealt to Tampa Bay. Two first-round picks on their way back to Chicago. 2023 and a 2024 top 10 protected. The question is now, what is the next player that's going to get moved? Certainly Dylan Strome, Calvin DeHaan, Dominic Kubalik, Ryan Carpenter are all possibilities, as is Marc-Andre Fleury. He is probably, now that Hagel has gone, 
the biggest chip that the Hawks have as far as what he could uh, reap as far as assets go. Of course, he holds the cards on whether or not he wants to be dealt. And, you know, as we look at it, Nick, you try to look at the teams that would entice Flurry enough to want to give it another spin, leave the family for two months, and go and try and win a fourth Stanley Cup. But the team, he's already kind of laid it out that they have to be a cup contender. So like a team, and I'm not saying he would have gone back to Vegas by any means, but a team like Vegas that's teetering outside the playoff picture right now has all sorts of injuries, that's not the type of place he wants to go. He wants someone that's firmly entrenched in the Stanley Cup playoff race and that he can be the difference maker to take him to the finish line. Well, there are teams out there, PB, Brian, you guys know it, that are clamoring for a goaltender. And what better guy to get than somebody who has as much experience as anybody that currently plays in goal in the National Hockey League? You've kind of heard four or five teams in the mix, Edmonton, Toronto, Washington, Vegas, Colorado. Uh, I would rule out Edmonton. I think it's just a little too far to go. Uh, And again, Toronto with the border situation, now I heard... You know, perhaps things are going to start loosening up there at the end of the month. Vegas is fighting injuries like the Black Plague. I mean, honestly, it is just they're out. Uh, let's see. They got uh, Jack Eichel that's out. Robin Leonard is fighting a series of injuries, both upper and lower body. Uh, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Brady McNagg, Alec Martinez. I mean, they need a goaltender to keep them in some of these games because if they don't and they don't get these guys back healthy soon, they very well might miss the playoffs, which would be a huge disappointment. And then you got the Colorado Avalanche, who I think would be a good fit. Now, what are they willing to give up? I know they just signed Pavel Francouz to a two-year deal, but you need a proven goaltender. The window has never been more open for the Colorado Colorado Avalanche, they need a guy that's proven, that can get them over to the hump, and most importantly, that has experience come the most important time of the year. So yes, I know they have two goaltenders, Kemper and Francois, but if I'm putting my money on a spot, I think Marc-Andre Fleury goes to Colorado. And, and to Pat's point, Vegas and hard feelings be what they are, You know, they, they're clinging to the second wild card spot. So with all those injuries, even if he, you know ownership would make nice and, and Marc-Andre Fleury would look at it, he, I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to Toronto. I mean, I get inconvenience, if, but if you give Kyle Davidson the blessing to go ahead and make a move, think of that. Mark andre Fleury winning a Stanley Cup in a hockey mecca like Toronto. What a great, great way to cap off a great career. And they need some defense, too, guys. Like, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Could it even be a package deal where sure. you send Fleury and Calvin DeHaan or another one of the Blackhawks defensemen where the Hawks can eat 50% of the salary, the max of what you can retain? So can you sweeten the deal a little bit where you send Fleury and a defenseman? That could be something that they do to try and hopefully get back a little bit more as opposed to just sending Marc-Andre Fleury. The other thing that uh, is a is a Concern for Marc-Andre Fleury is the amount of time in the offseason he has to get his body back to where he wants it to be. He's 37 years of age. He's had short off-seasons the last couple of summers. And the one thought is his season ends with the Blackhawks in April, and he has May, June, July, August to get his body where it needs to be to try to play at age 38 and you know, find yet another home because he's not going to be playing in Chicago next year. No, no, not at all. And look, 
before that terrific performance where he stood on his head against Boston the other night. Yeah. He was 6-9-1 with an 8.92 save percentage. The season catching up to him a little bit because how much the Hawks have leaned on, right? Sure. And and if you look at the last, what, five seasons, he's averaged about 44, 45 games. He's already had 43 starts for the Chicago Blackhawks. So, But if you get to that contending team, you're rejuvenated. And and I'm I'm still of the mind that the only cup you can win is the one right in front of you. A lot can change, you know, whether you get healthy and rested up in the summer. It doesn't mean whatever team you sign on with, if you're going to continue your career, that through the course of an 82-game season, they position themselves for a Stanley Cup run, which Toronto has certainly done so far this season. Well, I don't think any any which way you look at it, guys. You, you really can't fault Mark Andre Fleury for whatever decision gets made. Look, we know the Hawks are in the middle of a rebuild. He is arguably the number one trade chip, uh, which might be in contention with uh, the the haul that the Hawks got back for Brandon Hagel. But you can't blame him if he doesn't want to go anywhere because of what he's been able to do in his career. Five hundred eleven wins. He's seventy three games away from a thousand. Like you said, PB, trying to get some rest, trying to gear up for another season. But again. If he goes to a contending team that's trying to win a cup, he really will become a difference maker. And the Hawks have seen it all this year. 19 of their 22 wins have come not mainly because of Flurry, but he's been a big reason. And you could probably put a goaltender win asterisk on five or six of those oh, 19 easy, wins easy. that he has this win easily for sure in the highlight reel saves that he's been able to make. So, look, he is going to be a difference maker if he goes somewhere. But, again, if he doesn't, I think he's earned the right to say, you know what? I just want to take this off season and not have to move somewhere this uh, for this spring and then come back the summer and move to a new spot next season. Well, he will not start today in St. Paul. It's going to be Kevin Lankin in, in the crease. Now, you look, can look at that a couple ways. They're playing back-to-back games today in Minnesota, tomorrow against Winnipeg. So they were ab- absolutely going to use both goaltenders. But wouldn't you probably use your better goaltender against the better team in Minnesota? So the fact that they're flipping that, going Lankin in today, and Flurry questionable, obviously, for tomorrow against Winnipeg, uh, maybe trying to protect an asset if, if they're working on a deal today. You brought this up earlier, Brian, and it was uh, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic who spoke to Jonathan Taves on Friday night about the Brandon Hagel trade. And the quote from the captain is, if he's not a guy that's part of a rebuild, then I don't know. I don't know if anyone feels safe at this point. Uh, what did you take from Taves' response there, Brian? Frustration. You know, he, he's there for his teammate. He thought, you know, he certainly as a line mate. Uh, he's he's Taves is doing very well again. A small sample size, but. I don't know. I mean, Jonathan Taves is emotional. We've seen frustration from him in the last month or so and and yet say that he thinks his best hockey is still in front of him, which is a great thought, and we'd all want to see that. But his resume is pretty damn good anyway. I I just, if you didn't think that the Brandon Hagel rumors were true and accurate and that it was a possibility, you're kidding yourself. And, you know, if Marc-Andre Fleury is to get moved, I mean, will will anyone in that room be surprised because... Kyle Davidson told you, I can't put a timeline on this rebuild, but it is a rebuild. If it's three or four or five years, he's trying to make it three years by making some big moves here. And, of course, there there, there will be some surprises. Uh, but I think for the most part, guys, these guys are in tune with what's going on. I mean, they, they maybe say they don't read social media or they don't look into it too much, but they have an idea. They know the contracts. And, look, things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, 
the sports world, that's the world of handling people. And that's maybe one thing that, that us fans uh, don't really realize at the end of the day is, look, yeah, emotion's going to come out. Brandon Hagel is an extremely popular guy on the ice with the fans, but most importantly, being around the team that I have this year on the planes, at the hotels, at the meals, he's always hooting and hollering. I mean, he's just an easy guy to love. So when one of your brothers, one of your family members, one of your best friends gets traded, it's going to be an emotional time. But at the end of the day, everybody's been through trade deadlines. The Hawks have been parts of teams where they're trying to add. They've been parts of teams, this core group, where they're giving away at the deadline and trying to recoup for the future like they are now. So, look, at the end of the day, everybody understands that it's a business. It doesn't make it any easier. But right now, as Kyle Davidson has said, he's following through with trying to get this rebuild started the right way. Our poll question that we've had up for a little over about 14 hours or so, what did you think of the return on the Brandon Hagel trade? More than I expected, less than I expected, or about what I expected? 70% of you said more than I expected, followed by 18% about what I expected. That's where I would fall, more than I expected. More than I expected. expected. And and look, the Hawks did send two fourth-round picks, but you're getting first-round picks in return and the two prospects, a a 23-year-old and a 24-year-old. And one thing that I didn't say earlier, guys, I I know I said that uh, Dabrinkit, Strom, and Radish had played together in juniors, but those guys in 160 combined games that year in 2016-17, playing for the Erie Otters, 311 combined points. That was a year where Radish had 109. Now, I know the Ontario Hockey League is different, but there's some offensive pedigree that these guys can bring. Radish and Kachuk have played together with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've played together for three years in the American Hockey League. Hopefully they can bring some of that good chemistry and winning mentality here to the Hawks. Does well, it, do we read anything into the Strom situation because you have an, a junior line mate coming back? Well, I, I think uh, a lot of people thrived with that eerie team. And, and uh, somebody by the name of Connor McDavid might yeah. have something yeah. to do with that. But, uh, hey, look, that was the, that was the knock on Debrinkit, that he was a beneficiary of, of his surroundings. And he's proven a lot of people wrong there. The captain, Jonathan Taves, and Patrick Kane, what is their appetite for a rebuild? We'll discuss that when the Hockey Show continues. You're listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Rolling on on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley and Nick Olchek. I am Pat Boyle. Thanks to our great sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. Coming up next, it is Peggy and Dion, right? And Courtney Cronin is in for Dion. She's at spring training, so they've been will... down there for uh, a little over a week now. And then you, little uh, little basketball, you with you and Tyler Aki tomorrow. I have to ask him about his Final Four pick of Kentucky. Okay, and he's going to ask you what happened to Marquette. Disaster. You better so, not. So, well, yeah, Completely I, came, I came in this morning. Brian was in the fetal position. I, yeah. We, it was, yeah. Half a yeah. man would not have been able yeah. to step to the you get mic. Your but, butt kicked, and then you also kind of go out with no class. That's a double whammy <laughs> you don't like. So, we got Nick Olchek with us as we do the three man weave here on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. So, the, the question that has um, been posed to both 88 and 19 Kane and Taves is kind of like, what do you think when you hear Kyle Davidson mention? rebuild and 
both it's funny to listen to both like Taves doesn't even that's like a word that is taboo to to him and actually to most players right because they're like look we only think about winning on a nightly basis on a yearly basis we don't sit in our room and say uh, these are the top five teams that are likely to make you know uh to be a division winner and these are the you know t- the eight most biggest disappointment like they always always are looking at it from an optimistic standpoint. But now let's get to the realistic standpoint. Both are ending uh, their long-term deals next season, $10.5 million AAV. We know they've been the cornerstones of this franchise. We know where this franchise is at. What do you think their appetite is and the debate that's going on in their minds about, again, they have no trade clauses, so if they want to stay here till the end of their contract, by all means, they can. Where, where do you think, let's start with, with Kane. Where do you think he stands uh, on this topic? PB, I'm not in his head, yeah. uh, but I, I think that he wants to stay. I do. Uh, I talked to someone really, really close to Kaner, uh, and I said, what makes him so good? And this person said he loves the game. Patrick Kane, I think, is going to be a guy who plays into his 40s. He's 33 years old right now. Do the math. It gives him another seven or eight years of great hockey. I mean, we've seen unbelievable seasons so far. He's kind of like fine wine. I mean, he's just continually gotten better now. Is he as quick as he was five years or six years ago? No. But his game allows that. Exactly. He's he's never been a speed-oriented player. Right. Right? And, and like, we always talk about the cup years. His his MVP season was sick 2016. Again, it was... Artemi Panarin yeah, was a part of that equation as well. But to your point, the way he keeps his body in shape, the style of his game, mm-hmm. the way the game is called now, yeah. his skill set has has a longer shelf life than, say, the hard minutes that Jonathan Taves has played. Yeah, exactly. That That's where I was going with that is the, is the style that he plays. You very rarely, if ever, see Patrick Kane get hit really hard. Because for most players, they got to worry about, okay, where are my four teammates on the ice? If I'm a forward, I'm really worried about where are my other two line mates. Patrick Kane accounts for his four teammates on the ice and the other team. I mean, the spatial awareness of Patrick Kane, I think that's really what separates him from a lot of other players. He knows where his guys are at. He knows where the other guys are at. He knows what everybody's thinking before they do. He's always thinking a couple steps ahead. So, yeah, exactly. I think that's the reason why... Better hockey is even yet to come for Patrick Kane because of all the experience that he has, uh, and he's going to continue to get smarter. He's going to continue to gain experience, and playing with a guy like Alex Debrinkit, that's a pretty fun proposal for Patrick Kane. Well, you just heard of half of Blackhawk Nation exhale, thinking that he's going to be around until <laughs> 40. But if you're Kyle Davidson, and, and we saw it at his, Kyle's press conference, he pulled Taves and Kane in, and, and Seth Jones and... You know, here's what I'm going to say. There'll be no surprises here. He's going to have to have those conversations. And Pat Persona, whoever, you know, Patrick's going to understand. If he's staying here through the rebuild, three, four, five years, the timeline Kyle wouldn't touch because he doesn't know how long it's going to take. That 10.5 AAV isn't going to be part of the rebuild equation. So he, how much does he want to stay here? For half that? For $7 million, Whatever it is, because Kyle Davidson's going to need those resources to, to speed up that timeline. So... I know he loves Chicago, and he said all the right things. But Pat and I talked about it uh, the week that he was asked directly about it, and he kind of there was a pause, and he's like, "Why? There's nothing not to like about being here. They've been terrific. The organization." He said everything. He touched all the bases, 
And he also kind of left it open, knowing that, you know, there are business decisions to be made. So it's great to hear that someone close to Kaner thinks he wants to stay. But in a perfect world, how does that play out exactly? And the one thing I will say is in, the, in a situation like this for a player, it's not like he has to leave or wants to leave to go win a cup. Now, of course, Patrick Kane wants to win another Stanley Cup. Sure. I mean, you, you, you win three, you want to win six. But that, I think, is another soothing thought, at least for me as a fan, to know that, okay, at least he's not dying to get out of here because he wants to go win a Stanley Cup. He's done everything but win a cup. That's not the case here. He's done everything and win three. So I think that certainly is another thing that, that hey, plays into Hey, we saw him babysit last year and do a, a terrific mentoring role, right? We've seen him with the Brinkett. I mean, you know, you get those two going and clicking at the same time. We've seen great hockey for stretches, right? So there's a lot to like about keeping a guy, and once he gets healthy, you know, through the offseason, you know, you're going to see even a better Patrick Kane. So there's a lot, a great case to be made that he could be here for the glory days. And how much does he want to be the all-time leader in all the statistical categories for the Blackhawks? We, We saw him move into second alone on the points list. You mentioned his relationship and his mentorship with, with Alex Dabrinkit. You know, thing went viral in the last week was the, the TV cameras uh, capturing Alex Dabrinkit saying something mm-hmm. to to Patrick, you know. Go bleep yourself. Yeah, go, go bleep yourself. <laughs> I mean, we say it to each other every commercial uh, sure. break. Yeah, right. I, I had no problem with no. that, Nick. I mean, no. you played on several teams over the years. That happens on a daily basis, whether it's at practice yeah. Or on the ice during a game. I mean, these are highly competitive individuals mm-hmm. who want to do nothing more than perform at a high level. And t- sometimes you say, "Go bleep yourself." I would rather have that than silence, PB. Honestly, That's like anybody who grew up with siblings understands what's that what that is like. You love your sibling, right? For the most part. And I grew up with a great family where I love my siblings dearly. But did we share a couple of F bombs and oh, a couple boy. of swear words? Yeah, absolutely. And then an hour later we're going to have a ham sandwich together. I mean that yeah, that's just the way that a it is. Brawl on the driveway. Yeah, and, right. Well the, the, <laughs> Team Hanley, you were one of ten, right? One of nine. Nine. And, so I mean huh. the, the, your your F bomb ratio must have <laughs> hey, been at a high I level. Heard, I heard combinations from my sisters i never heard from my brother i mean it's a tough house are you kidding me so tough <laughs> but no yeah I, I think that that is is a showing of passion it's a showing of you got two guys that are trying to bring the very best out of each other to be honest pb brian i didn't have a problem with no that at all. yeah i didn't uh how about taves dropping the gloves with zach samford it uh i i thought it it woke up the team and I thought it woke up Jonathan Taves. I mean, he comes out in that next period. He did look like vintage Taves yeah. from like 15, 16. You know, going to the slot. And 88 setting him up yeah. on both of those goals was, you know, it, it was a flashback to the glory days for me. How did you see it? It was. It was. It was. Uh, I was doing the game on radio on WGN with uh, with Jason Ross Jr. And, it's exactly what it was. It was deja vu. It was back to the glory days. Uh, and the, the passing ability of Kane continues to get better. Oh. I mean, backhand, forehand. I mean, his backhand pass is better than a lot of guys' forehand pass. And that really is saying something for Patrick Kane. That 60-foot backhand sauce a oh, couple yeah. of weeks ago will go down as one of the best passes he's ever made. And, again, it, it comes in a nondescript midweek game that in a, in a lost season. But for some, and, and that's the thing too. When we talk about Brian possibly losing him, 
those are the little nuggets yeah. in a rebuild that's going to get me from Tuesday to Thursday. Thursday <laughs> to the next game on Saturday. Again, some of this is selfish, but I, I think that I speak for a lot of the fan base that like, okay, we can understand we got three cups in six years and there's going to be some some lean and tough times. We can deal with that. But to, to strip the cupboard bare and to not have any of hey. of that top shelf material that we've seen for years. Nick, your dad's a great Cubs fan. I'm a Cubs fan. I mean, last couple of years there were stretches where you couldn't watch three innings. That's exactly I, you, where I was going. You couldn't yeah. stomach it. I mean, yeah. you, much you. It's been part of your life forever, and you know it's appointment television. It's, you know, and you just sit there. Why am I doing this? Because there's nothing. There's no here here. Right. There's no there there. And and so I I hear what PB's saying, but. You know, that's the life in a rebuild, whether it's three, four or five years, you know, you're going to 80 percent of it's going to be tough to stomach. Right. And you need someone to sell tickets. You need someone that is a part of the core for when all these new and young guys come in to say, hey, this is how we do things here. This is where we want to go. This is the direction and the vision of what the team wants to try and get back to what the Hawks were in 10, 13 and 15. So if you're going to tear things down, which could happen might happen, might not happen. You need someone who understands what the success was like here in Chicago and where the team's trying to go. And I think Patrick Kane is a perfect uh, carrier of that to help these young guys along. Well, I'll take, take you back to the dark days of the, the Blackhawks in the, in the 90s. And Bob Murray was the GM. And you know, Pulley, Bob Pulford was always looking over his shoulder. And, and Murph knew that he was kind of handcuffed, right? But I think we're in Buffalo for the draft. And Bob Murray had a grand plan to draft not one, but both Sedins, right? Mm-hmm. And Dave Boland somewhere is shaking his head. Your brother's ugly, too. You're as ugly <laughs> as your brother. Um, but the fact of the matter is, Murph said, we are much, you have to realize we're much closer to the bottom than we are at the top. And that's why drastic times call for drastic actions. And Pulley had his stretch of 20 street, uh, 27 consecutive playoff appearances as GM. And, you know, and obviously Bill Wirtz liked the playoff money that came along with that consecutive streak. But at some point, if you know, the standard here is now Stanley Cups. Back then it was just a round or two of playoffs. So my point is you have to know where you are in reality and can't be this middle ground, this, you know, kind of being stuck in the middle. That serves nobody, right? Just being a team that sneaks into the playoffs, maybe wins around and, you know, check back next April. We'll see. We'll, we'll try it again. Kevin Lankinen is scheduled to start this afternoon in Minnesota against the Wild. And you've got Marc-Andre Fleury slated to go tomorrow night at the United Center against Winnipeg. Alex Vlasic, uh, the Wilmette native, Mm. is going to make his NHL debut. But uh, Derek King has not decided if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. He brings uh, some size to the back end that is much needed throughout the organization. Will we go from the Boquists, the Baudans of the world, Ian Mitchell, who's not a tiny guy, but Yoki he's not Haru. massive, Yoki Haru, right? We go from a real shift in philosophy for the Blackhawks and what they're looking for in their defensemen. Now, all of a sudden, you get Vlasic into the mix, who probably his nickname will be Pickles. <laughs> I think so. And his cousin is Mark Edward Vlasic, a longtime defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. How about that? Uh, Vlasic grew up here in the heyday, okay? He's been a San Jose Shark fan his li- his entire life. Yeah. 
because of his cousin. And he was asked about it the other day. He's like, yeah, you know, a lot of my friends in 2010 wanted to go to the, the parade. Like, And then obviously when he was drafted by the Hawks, that kind of swung the uh, – the attention back to the uh, the Indian head sweater, but it is... He used to wear the San Jose sweater come yeah. in every time the Sharks were in town. Yeah, That's when he would show up at the United Center. Yeah, but it's going to be a thrill for him to play six his first six. game. Oh, to play his first game in the United Center, I think that's going to be a real thrill for him. Sharks fan or Hawks fan, doesn't matter. He grew up in Wilmette, so... Uh, but you're right. Getting back to the defenseman, now all of a sudden you put him into the mix. You had Alec Ragula in the mix. You got some big guys. Seth Jones, 6'4". Uh, Vlasic 6-6, Murphy 6-4. You got some big guys on the back end uh, that are really going to be able to be physical. They're going to be able to, not necessarily even verbally, but just visually intimidate the opponent every now and again. That's a big thing in the game of hockey back in the days, but especially nowadays as well. So look, hopefully he can turn into something that the Blackhawks can uh, can have be part of the future. And like I said, six foot six, coming from Boston University, played at the national program for the United States. He's got some good pedigree on his career so far. Could be exciting for Alex Vlasic and the Vlasic family, the Chicago native, to uh, possibly make his NHL debut on Sunday. It was also special for a Chicago native to take over the broadcast booth from his Hall of Fame father. We will explain Nicky Olchek, the next man up situation that happened back in January when his dad was ill. That's next. This is The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Pleased to meet you. Back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, Brian Hanley, Nick Olchek, Pat Boyle with you on this Saturday. Thanks to our producer, Tyler Aki. Coming up next, it's Peggy and Dion. Uh, Courtney Cronin is in for Dion this week. And uh, a little bit later on, it's uh, Fast Break with Bleck and Jay Hood. Tomorrow, Basketball University. 10 to noon. Or as Brian likes to call it, his therapy session. And I think... uh, (laughs) Tyler is is asking for a forty dollar copay. So just two Andy uh, Jacksons, put it on the my head, put Shaka. it on the council, yeah. and, and everything will be fine. Um, I want to get to a story that we talked about back in late January, but since we have Nick Olchek here in studio with us, and, and, and I was there, so I saw it behind the scenes uh, on, on television. So January twenty second. Just like the Hawks were in Minnesota uh, today to take on the Wild, they were there as well to take on the Wild on that day. You were scheduled to do radio. Uh, your dad was in the, his normal color uh, situation for NBC Sports Chicago, and uh, Pat Foley was behind the play-by-play mic. Take us through what happened uh, as the night progressed. Well, PB, on the bus ride over to the rink from the hotel... Uh, my dad just expressed that he wasn't feeling great, uh, so I didn't really think too much of it. So we got to the rink, uh, went up to the broadcast booth, and I went down to grab some food and brought him up, you know, a couple rolls and, and a water or whatever, just to hopefully calm down his stomach or whatnot. And 
all of a sudden, I go back into my uh, broadcast booth on the radio with the great Johnny Weideman, and we're getting ready for the pregame show. I hop on the pregame show. I'm in the middle of, of talking. And all of a sudden, I get a tap on the shoulder. It's, it's Johnny Weideman. I go, okay. And he hands me a note. And it says, your dad is ill. You need to go do TV. Followed by a fist bump from, from Johnny. And I'm getting sitting there going, what the, what the heck's going on? So I sprint out of the booth. I head over to the TV booth. Pat's getting all IFB'd up and getting everything ready. I start to grab all of my stuff. I start putting my IFB in my ear. Let me jump in because I'm watching this from the studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're literally like 30 seconds from the open of the show. And Pat's looking at Nick trying to mic up, thinking like, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go, let alone be able to speak, let alone his dad is sick. So he's got all these things going on. So the last thing I see is Pat saying, Nikki, I got this. You jump in. You'll jump in later. Okay. Open rolls. Everything's going on. The normal thing. Up pops Pat. Pat starts the open to the broadcast. And then lo and behold, 30 seconds later, Eddie Olchek slides in. So I turn to my partners and I'm like, is this on tape? Like, what the heck is going on? So it turns out your dad was ready to go, starts the game, does the first couple of periods. You're checking on in on him between periods, seeing where he's at. Yeah, every intermission I'm going in. First intermission I go in, check on him. Seems like he's doing okay. He's not, you know, he's he's still a little bit out of it, still not feeling great. But he said, you know, he's doing okay. So that that's good enough for me. I went back into the radio, did the second period. Second period's done. Come back in open the door there's about three doctors surrounding oh, him he's he's got his his elbow on his knee his head in his hand and he's sitting down in the chair and and then all of a sudden i hear the doctor say we got to take him to the hospital so all of a sudden now i'm getting a little scared getting a little freaked out and the doctors take him out they rush him to the hospital i got to call my mom hey mom dad's on his way to the hospital i'm doing the game now and I'm sure, as you guys could imagine, three-fourths of my brain was nowhere oh. near the XL Energy Center. Yeah. And so I had to sit in and do the game with uh, the outstanding Pat Foley and, uh, you know, did the very what best that way, I could. I mean, uh, it, the whole story is, is if it, take broadcasting out of it. Just seeing your dad surrounded by doctors would be scary enough. And then to come in and just be a complete professional and wow everybody. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just it, like, it seamless. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's a hell of a story. You followed it up with your first TV uh, analyst role with Pat in Denver a couple days later. You've been killing it ever since. Thank you for coming in this week. Look forward to seeing you down the road. You're going to be uh, traveling with the Blackhawks on their upcoming West Coast road trip. Don't get in any trouble there, old son. Jack. Hey, come on now. There's no, no trouble over it, here at it, all. There's one stop in <laughs> Vegas. I, I believe you and your dad's picture when, when you get off the flight in Vegas. <laughs> You, you guys are you're marked men, so to speak. It is my favorite city, other than Chicago in the world. So, but uh, great to be with you guys, and huge thanks to the Blackhawks for allowing me to live out a childhood dream. Hopefully, uh, be with you guys at some point here again soon. All right, Brian, you have a, a great rest of your weekend. Again, therapy session tomorrow with Tyler Hockey. Yep, we'll be here. Basketball, you ten o'clock. Join us. That'll do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN One Thousand. We'll see you next week. Listening to the hockey show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. Did you miss something? Yeah, pretty sure you did. Podcasts are a click away on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.